0: Groundbreaking research. Cutting edge ideas. The future of society. For inquisitive minds. F.I.M. Welcome to our podcast. It's Ali. And Apile. And today we have Rihanna with us. Rihanna, how are you?
1: I'm good, thank you.
0: Hey, great to have you, Rihanna.
1: Great, and thank you for having me.
0: Oh, no problem. No <laughs> problem. We, we saw a bit of what you were doing and we were like, this is going to be a very interesting topic. Um, but maybe for the audience, can you tell us what your PhD is on?
1: So, my research is in neglected tropical diseases. Um, and obviously, these are diseases of poverty and they maintain people in poverty so they persist excuse, exclusively in the poorest most marginalist kind of communities and they thrive in places with unsafe water poor sanitation and like limited access to basic healthcare so despite their prevalence NTDs or ne- neglected tropical diseases receive little attention from most industrialized countries. So the one that I focus on in particular for my research is schistosomiasis. Schistosomiasis is caused by parasites um, which are carried by river snails. Um, and within my research I focus on the Senegal River in Uganda.
0: Wow. Right. Okay, can you say that word one more time so I can try to say it back?
1: <laughs> yeah. Gistosomiasis. Sí. Yeah,
0: it's, like after after yeah.
1: it's <laughs> a tricky one
2: clautomysis right
1: yeah yeah
2: What is isososis For, forgive me because i won't be able to pronounce this right
0: it, it, you know what it, it sounds it sounds like a, a record player that's like
1: yeah it's stuck well that's i kind of I mean in a way when you look at it it's something that's kind of stuck it keeps on going
2: you to pronounce it the first time or how did
1: well i think the first time i heard it some you know a professor said it so it was okay and i just learned <laughs> so
2: oh, wow. like, what
1: is it so it's a chronic disease um, which dominates ntds due to the sheer number of people f- afflicted um, so it's caused by parasitic flatworms which after hatching invade water snails um, in the river until the maturity and then once they mature they release into the water and they seek out humans and they penetrate their skin to infect them
0: wait so how, how are these created so they're not created in the snails they're existing in the in the yeah, ecology of the
1: existing they're just alive flatworms parasites they're just there um <laughs> and then they they kind of go into water snails that's where ah. they want to go um and then it's kind of like a nice kind of warm <laughs> environment i suppose they can like feed off them and grow um until they're mature and then once they're mature they release um, and then they're swimming out in the well, you know, in the water. And then when human have con- humans have contact with the water, so you can literally just touch it, with your finger in there, it will penetrate your skin.
0: It it reminds me of like um like venom like that that superhero yeah. movie. Um, <laughs> like these snails just become like these uh I guess they carry the the venom and then like as soon as a human touches the water, once the venom has developed, they just get infected by this this disease.
1: Yeah, um, it's amazing how it happens, so it's just well,
0: but, why, but why snails? Yeah, well, not like... it's a bit odd, yeah. isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> well, no, I can't really... entirely explain exactly why the snails. But I suppose they're they're there. i mean, it's something I'm still looking into why snails. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so how's that approach been for you then? So how did you? So how did you come across this study? What's the background behind it? Why sources?
1: <laughs> yeah. So oh, I guess right. I mean. <laughs> My background, I guess, is just in, you know, public health and academia. I'd recently finished a research paper which was entitled Malaria, Politics and the Pharmaceutical Industry in the Global Citizen. And that kind of made, made me want to explore a condition that's lesser known by the public, something that people haven't seen on a charity fundraising advert. You know, everyone's heard of malaria. Um, Mm -hmm. So then I kind of got in touch with a couple of charities, um, Soft Power Health and the World Experience Exchange, um, and they kind of illustrated to me that schistosomitis would be a suitable topic for this.
0: Wow. But I guess the, the question is, why is this something that you are passionate about or interested in?
1: I guess for me, I'm most passionate about issues that affect the developing world. And this is something that... It's just just chronic. If you think about it, so you can get infected. All you have to do is touch the water. And as you know, in developing countries, they haven't got much in the way of infrastructure for sanitation and things like that. So they just cannot avoid it. It's not possible. Water is necessary for life. So there's absolutely no way anyone can avoid it. So I just think it's such an important thing to try and eradicate.
0: That, that's I think that's actually, yeah, super, super important. Um, what's interesting is like, so so both of us, so Upila and I were both from developing countries. I was, I was born in Pakistan. I mm-hmm. spent a bunch of years living in Central Africa. Um, I actually lived in Uganda and Upila is from Malawi and he spent 10 years living in Malawi. And yeah, you know, it, it's crazy when you travel back to these places, the number one thing that we read about from like various travel or... It's the vaccination clinics and whatnot that we go to are like, watch out for disease X, Y, and Z. yeah And a lot of yeah. them will, will say stuff like diseases where we can't pronounce or, or even think of what they are. So I think people like you that are doing research is, is very fascinating and very useful for us.
1: Glad to hear that. I think it's, it's great. And it's, it's nice you're giving a platform for people to talk about these things and learn about new things as well.
2: Have you been to Uganda?
1: I have not, hopefully, at some point. Yes, <laughs> on the
2: list. So um, how, do, how do I get, yeah, how do, how, do, how do I catch this? How do you catch catch
0: what, sorry, catch what? Can you just say what, what you can <laughs>
1: say? Have? the word.
2: Can you say the word, Ali?
0: I, I, I'm asking you if you can say the word, because you asked the question. So. Ali, what do you think about this topic? The topic of... There we go. I know, mate, I got this. It's fannia no, uh, schizofania. Sh- so no, sh- so, so yeah, no.
1: you
2: got it. <laughs> yeah, well done. See, I was testing, you see. Of course. Yeah, can sorry. you say yeah. it back to me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: osmosis. um Whoa, now we're going to
2: somewhere else <laughs> yeah. come on back to the conversation dive bit, conversation back yeah how do you contract it I mean literally
1: it. all you need to do if you say if you're in the Senegal river in Uganda all you need to do is go in that water or touch the water that's it
0: you touch the water and you get and you get a disease.
1: Um, yeah, pretty much. So, it, you know, it's not guaranteed that you'll get it because it's a parasite if it's right there next to you. But you think about it, the amount of times you'll be touching that water a day, washing and children playing, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, it's centrality of life, isn't it? So it's, the whole, you know, everyone, the whole community kind of revolves around it. So, and what
2: whatever yeah. the stats around it so far then? So uh, in Pardon. Uganda... Stats around this in Uganda alone, how many uh, people are catching this? Um, you know, what's the. How
0: prevalent is it? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So I guess it's a few different statistics around that. I, well, World Health Organization, they kind of last updated their website, I think, 2016. But yeah. at that point, there's about an estimated 206.4 million people that need preventative treatment for it. Um, and 90% of them are then were in sub-Saharan Africa. Um, uh, and these, cause it, the amount of eggs that are laid per day are two, over 2,000. So if you think about that kind of number of paras, parasites... Yeah. Um. In the water every day, it's quite scary, to be honest.
0: It's a Very scary thing. So let's yeah. So let's let's try to like like recap this. So, so basically, there's a bunch of these parasites. They impact a bunch of snails. Those snails carry the parasites mm-hmm. until they're full on like worms, and then the minute that like anyone puts their hand or body or or any yeah any part of their body into the water, that parasite jumps on into the
1: yeah. Like when they penetrate, I guess it's they'll sort of like dive yeah dive into it I suppose, mm-hmm. and then. At that stage, um, there's two different types. So, um, basically, proceed to migrate to the blood vessels of the intestines if they're All the right. uh, Mansoni types, or the urinary bladder if they're the hem. I can't say this why it's quite difficult. hematobium tubium types.
2: Well, we believe you. Don't worry about that. We believe-
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's two different types. So, basically, depending on their type, it you know will change whether they're going to the your blood vessels or your intestines. Or into your bladder so either way not great um so as i said that these female female flatworms can lay over 2,000 eggs per day um, the sharp spines of these eggs can become lodged in organs such as your liver and then they'll trigger chronic inflammatory processes symptoms of schistosomiasis include abdominal pain diarrhea and blood in urine and it can cause death from liver failure or bladder cancer which can be preceded by chronic anemia cognitive impairment in children um, Um, Stunted growth, infertility, and, very scary, a higher risk of contracting HIV in women, which obviously is especially concerning in Uganda, um, since they have, you know, little sex education and a high prevalence of HIV, probably about, I think it's approximately 1.3 million at the moment in Uganda.
0: Wow. So So yeah. For anyone listening to this podcast on their morning commute, just want you to know that I'm um, <laughs> normally really blissful and happy over here in London. But yeah, there is a, there is some some definite stuff that we should talk about. This, this is crazy. The, these these risks and symptoms seem really scary. These worms, then they get into your body, mm-hmm. they they get into your organs, and they. they are two types, by the way. yeah Yeah, i heard (laughs) Um, making sure he's listening one one of them is the mancini type which just sounds like a gang like it's like it just infiltrates you and then yeah it does
1: sound like the mafia yeah Yeah,
0: exactly and and then the other is too scary to pronounce it's like the (laughs) disease must not be named what what, what was what was it herb or something started with an h (laughs) and ended with a marked basically Um,
1: (laughs) good good effort yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> and so these these things basically infiltrate your your organs, and then they they reproduce in there. So they they leave a bunch of eggs. Is there a way to clean them out? Can you just like I don't know uh, have a pill or yeah take well, injection? Well, one. Um, so yeah. there
1: is there is um, a treatment, but this isn't really going to help you that much. So basically, in 2016, again, the World Health Organization, they show that only 35.6% of people requiring treatment for schistosomiasis t- were actually reached. So it's right. a very small number. And again, this... What,
0: happened, what was that number? What was that
1: number?
0: Sorry. 35.6%. Wow, that is so low.
1: Yeah. So you think about even if you have something that can treat people... You think about the infrastructure and how things are getting sent over there. It's it's not that you know, it's not the most organised, and so it's not the most effective. The thing is, the drug, the treatment that we have for this, um, praziquantel, it averages just six p a dose, so it's really cheap. But due to infrastructure issues, you know, that remain unaddressed, it's not getting a wider reach. Um, however whilst this drug is incredibly effective it is only effective short term which is the main problem with it so the drug will kill the parasites in the human system but as soon as you come into contact with the infected water again probably the next day you can be reinfected so there really needs to be a long-term solution which helps prevent continuous reinfection
2: Which is something that you're looking into, exactly.
1: That's where I come in. Um, so my role has been to find such a long term solution which is sustainable.
2: Ah, right. So, currently, to avoid this, basically, I should not touch water, essentially. Yeah, don't touch
0: water.
2: Don't touch
1: water. I mean, yeah, I mean, we need to obviously encourage more charities and infrastructure to help people, um, educate them about wash. So, you'll see, you know, hygiene, sanitation, um, and of course, supporting clean water processes. These are all necessary, but again, we really, whilst we have all of these things, they're expensive, and you can't reach everyone. So there needs to be kind of another way that we can kind of go to the source and get rid of the parasites. Mm-hmm. So
0: right. that's kind of so,
1: what I'm looking into. So,
0: so before jumping into into that, does that mean that like if I, so if I living in the UK went to the Senegal River for a swim, you know, and I put on my little floaty elbow thingies, yep. and I put on my keto? Floating um, what what um, like floaty bands. El- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. floating armbands.
2: Just,
0: just say that, mate. I'm trying to be visual, so people can be like, "Yeah, okay, elbow thingies." All right, Rihanna. Yeah.
2: Yes. more yeah. thingies. All right. We'll, we'll take it. We'll, okay, that's fine. We'll
0: I'm, flow I'm, with it. I appreciate it. that you missed the part where I said my speedo, but um, moving <laughs> <laughs> on. And I and, I, and, I, and I, I jump swiftly into the the water and I come out and I I catch these these parasitic worms. Mm-hmm. I come back to the UK. I take this pill that you mentioned yeah and then I'm cured and I'm, I'm fine I don't have to go and I don't swim again i'm I'm totally fine, right
1: Yeah, you'd be okay, but I suppose it's kind of the case of so many people aren't. But also, another issue could be, um, you might not know you have this, you know, you've gone over there, you have no idea what the problem is, you're not very well. I mean, some doctors might be able to piece them pieces together, but not every doctor, especially GPs, are not going to have that kind of knowledge about diseases in Uganda. They might be like, oh, you've been over there recently, that's a worry. But it could be quite a process to get you kind of sorted out if people aren't aware of it. So an issue of this is... Whilst you're infected, if you when you void your kind of bladder or bow, the worms' eggs will spread via your urine or faeces. So, obviously, you think about that. You've got to be very careful about you know public bathrooms. But aside from that, when you're thinking about people in Uganda, when people mm-hmm. are going to the bathroom in like by the you know in the communities by the river, they don't yeah. typically have great kind of toilets there. So typically, really. their waste goes back into the same river. And then it creates more um, parasites.
2: So it's really like, a, as you say, it's like a tapeworm, right? Yeah. You know, you, you you don't know until exactly old. It's like, oh
0: yeah, I'm about to die.
1: So yeah. you won't know until something maybe isn't feeling so great within you.
0: That that's super scary. So so before you get into how you solve it, isn't the? I think I think I think I have a, a crazy solution. Why don't we just give everybody like. Swimsuits with like antibacterial lotion all over it, and then and <laughs> they're fine. And everyone gets, like new swimsuits. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, ten, 10 people swimsuit. We'll uh, get Bill and Melinda Gates to fund this after inventive. their malaria nets. Yeah. You're going to join us?
1: Well, it might kind of affect well, agriculture and things like that if you're putting that kind of stuff around, but in theory,
0: so uh-huh. <laughs> it could work, right? Yeah, it's all about the in theory part. I like to live in my and have these theories. <laughs> so, so what is so what is a sustainable solution,
1: man? Okay, so you know this is a long kind of um, kind of story. How again, like I said, since parasites must burrow through the skin to cause schistosomiasis direct human contact with the water is the thing that's necessary for infection. Trying ex- so much research, trying to how to like <laughs> narrow it down.
2: I'll put it this way, so I guess yeah, with your primary. You're looking at what, using river prawns, is it? Yeah, really nice. yeah.
1: How did you know? It's
2: it's, uh, it's in your thesis. Oh, you already your... saw it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, I can skip to that then. I was trying to, how can I explain more of what I've done to get to that point?
2: Oh, okay, no, you can do no. it. No, yeah, whatever get, you think you can, is like, best. Because <laughs> uh, my question would have been first, like, why hasn't this been discovered yet? Or has it been discovered? Uh, how did you get to it? Yeah,
1: there have been lots of well, you know, not lots, but quite a a substantial amount of research, substantial amount of researchers who have been looking at different areas. Um, So I've been really trying to piece all these bits together, you know, there's lots of ecological theory um, and then kind of looking at infrastructure. So all these different areas I've been reading into and researching. And so, yeah, people have taken notice, but we need more and we need to kind of piece all these bits together to kind of create a whole picture.
2: Right. Okay. Right. Does that involve a lot of processes? Like, I don't know. Do you do, you do surveys? Do you? Uh, I don't know. What do you do? What? How does that research process look like? like
1: yeah. So I. One? So for me, kind of my I guess my research style was to kind of aimed to understand ghuslismiasis holistically. So I'm taking into yeah. account every kind of complex physical and social environment of the parasites and the host alongside all the limited availability of resources to kind of uncover the missing determinants for intervention success, which kind of then kind of makes me go into aspects which encompass um, examining samples, meetings with individuals in Uganda over the phone, um, cross-referencing and making links between wide-ranging material to understand cause and effect. Um, So, for example, through research and data analysis, I was able to ascertain that an increase in levels of river prawns and rates of schistosomiasis actually linked to the creation of dams, which were created for the support of other other health and well-being needs and then I further researched why this could be and just kind of going back to basics um, which kind of really uncovered uncovered some interesting discoveries Um, I think the main thing of my research is really really going back to kind of ecological theory why have we got this happening to start with within the river kind of looking at the river first
2: Does it affect any wildlife? Like you know I don't know if there's like a crocodile for example in the river Would it?
1: I don't think so but I haven't so much looked at that (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's too much of a problem. For example, the, the river prawns, they cannot be affected by it. I know that much. Right. Um, they're just not capable um, of carrying it either.
2: They're immune. Exactly, they are immune.
1: So they can and eat so you... them and they're fine.
2: Oh, so so if, if they were to eat the snails, they must be large, obviously. So I can consume them and I'll be fine? Is that what yeah, you're saying?
1: Absolutely. Or... Yeah, absolutely. They can eat the snails and they're, yeah they are the prawns are fine perfectly fine yeah it's incredible to be honest
0: take me back so what ecological theory is this idea that like you
1: so it's kind of a... yeah so i guess it's thinking yeah. about okay so schistosomiasis has grown year on year and it's like why has it grown not that much has changed obviously whilst we're trying to develop countries further not much has happened over there as yet um that would contribute to such uh, a rise in schistosomiasis so it's looking at When did this start to rise? What other things were happening at that time? And then, you know, analysing the data and it kind of uncovered that we had um, the Dayama Dam. The problem was, is that when we needed to put this dam in place, because it kind of prevents saltwater from poisoning water in irrigation wells. Um, It raises water levels to the Senegal River upstream, which provides about 3.5 million people in four countries across, across the Sahel Desert with much needed fresh water. So we needed this dam. There's no way we can take this dam away. However, this dam cut off um, roots. So the thing was, the lower Senegal River was once home to um, a prawn species, which is another tricky name, Mm -hmm. Macrobrachium volunhoveni. Well, that's another yeah. Word, right? <laughs> no. Blah 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 <laughs> So the lower Senegal River used to be home to this um, prawn species, and this prawn species preys on parasite carrying snails. So every year,
0: specifically yeah, parasite carrying snails, or all.
1: I think other you know well all water snails, but all water snails are capable of carrying the parasites. Yeah. So they right, would gotcha. eat. Okay other snails that haven't got the parasite in them. Yeah. Gotcha. But, you know, it's just a case of that's the right word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Okay. Every year, the female prawns ventured downstream to the estuary to lay their eggs, and then the larva would swim back upstream. So the dam cut off this mm. route, which kind of led to an extermination of the prawns, where the water is used oh, no. utilised by the local people, obviously in the lower part. Um, so that in the absence uh-huh. of the prawns as predators, the snails flourished. Yeah.
2: Wow. So... In what way? How did they
1: flourish? So they flourished because they didn't have a predator anymore. The prawns were no longer coming downstream. They weren't able to because of the dam. So oh. They were just stuck upstream, whereas communities were living downstream.
0: It, it's basically like what happened was Manchester United, which mm-hmm. are, which are the, the prawns, right? Yeah. They they were... <laughs> this is a bad example. It's a I very guess. bad example. <laughs> see, I'm just,
2: that's what I'm listening to him, thinking let's see what he's going to come back with. No, I got, it, I got it, I got it.
0: The Manchester United are not the prawns. Yeah. They're, they're the water snails that carry feces because Manchester United are full of feces. And what happened is because... It's not Drake, right? Mm-hmm. And basically what happened was you had you had these prawns yeah. who was like Arsenal and Chelsea and all the other competitive teams. How could you say this? Right, this and they is were, and, and team. they were, and you know the competition was fair and equal and everything was great. And then what happened was someone built this dam and stopped all the top teams from facing Manchester United. Now Manchester United is facing all these crap teams like <laughs> Watford and like you know, like the like tier right. three or tier four teams, and Manchester United's winning all the time. And that's basically the so. Ship. Wait, I don't
2: get it. So we've gone from being <laughs> the the parasites to now winning to playing against what... Mate. anyway continue.
0: <laughs> all, all I can tell you, all I can tell you is that as a result of, I'm sure there's a good reason to build a dam, but as a result of building the dam, yeah, Manchester
2: we- United are the best team now.
0: No, as a result of building the dam, <laughs> Manchester United, which is full of feces, has spread across the river. Not full of feces though full of feces. Full of feces. And so and how do you say this about my team, man? Eh? And they've taken they've taken over the river and what's, fact, the, what's the topic one again? What were you uh, so, so we're done. Yeah, good. <laughs> hey. See? So I'm testing in PSOC. That and that's crazy. So you so you figured this out, you you've understood that like, you know, if we introduce these prawns back into the, the water or into the, mm-hmm. the river, then we can they take care of this or at least manage yes. the population of these snails a lot better. so that so we'll reduce the risk but the risk will still be there right because you can still i mean yeah it.
1: so we're hoping um, you know hoping that there'll be enough prawns in there to get rid of all of them but there might be an odd case or two but of course it'd be a, a lot more manageable
0: yeah so can we just like you know wrap up this podcast and solve the <laughs> answer we found it
1: okay so all now right. we want all of these prawns downstream Okay, great. How are we going yeah. to do that? Um so there is a way you could kind of retrofit the dam with like a prawn ladder, but they're not Right. Yeah, so it's kind of like a little way for them to get back upstream and downstream.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, so kind of was. imagine
1: salmon going back upstream. It's sort of like that. Um there's like a little ladder for them over the the dam.
2: You need you need people to build well, some ladders within the river. I mean
1: or? Hopefully, the government would do that, but yeah, maybe people would need to. <laughs> but realistically, yeah. I mean, it, it could be a bit expensive, but um, it would help. But so many these prawns kind of used to staying in that area now, so I don't know. We it's not clear on how how many would end up using the ladder. You know, there's different. There's right. so many different studies on prawn ladders, and some do really well, and others not so much. You, we right. just don't know. So, so it's quite it an expense. Like to put in place, um, it'd be a great idea, like kind of an additional thing, if possible. But I wouldn't say that was the main thing we kind of should rely on. But also, just want to increase levels of prawns in general, which, which is kind of like thinking, how can we do that then? So it needs to be this particular type of prawn because it was an it's a native species. Um. So whilst species like crayfish could also work to support a reduction in snail populations and therefore stitutusmyiasis rates. Such species are obviously considered invasive, which then could, if they're, sorry, environmental imbalance even. So yeah. um, you have to think about how are we going to get a particular type of prawn? So, of course, there are ways of kind of purchasing them, but it would be quite an investment. And then it's a lot to think about. Okay, so we get these prawns in, how are we going to maintain them? You know, because animals die. So how can we create a way for it to kind of be self-sustaining? So the idea would be if we could kind of make this into commercialising it in the sense of if communities in, you know, around the Senegal River could utilise the prawns to their own advantage to support themselves and their community. Because as we said earlier, these prawns, when they eat the snails and therefore the parasites, they are not affected, they are immune. This means they can still be eaten by humans. So these prawns could be sold um, for profit. So it's kind of thinking of ways that we mm-hmm. could...
2: Benefit the community.
1: Yeah, so we're thinking it. if that, you know, it's kind of hard. You can put the, the prawns in, but how can we get the people there to kind of help support them to keep going? So if we made it kind of commercial activity, then people could, you know, the communities get together and try and sell these. Um, and, you know, there have been cases where communities being able to sell things kind of the wider, wider world. So there's lots of different, you know, how can we do that? There's a lot more to kind of look into, but commercializing it would be a great idea
0: so you know while while you were talking my my wheels are turning and i okay i think i figured it out um i don't want <laughs> to brag but i i think i upila and i are going to start great. a prawn ladder company um, <laughs> we're we're just going to go we're going to go to the senegal river we're going to build a bunch of prawn ladders and actually we're, we're also going to have like prawn like okay pipes because okay. like ladders aren't ladders climb but like pipes are easy to, to to climb down so we're going to build like prawn pipes and prawn ladders and and yeah and i think that that's going to be the solution the the only thing that's confusing is we don't know what a prawn ladder is and
2: yeah, just before you go to, go into that i don't think it's that yeah
1: it's not so simple right. and also it's quite so hard simple. to explain
2: it you <laughs> <ladder. We laughs> might have to google <laughs> it if you can see
1: a picture
2: <laughs> i don't think it, oh, it's, it's too good to be uh yeah. true isn't it really
0: is that all we have to do? Yeah, that's it, man. Just build a prawn ladder. That's what that, I feel like if the solution to anything was as simple as a prawn ladder. No, it's not eating prawns.
1: Yeah, it would be that's great. If prawns. you guys want to get Wait, on I that should... though, it would definitely support everything else. So I would appreciate <laughs> So yeah, if we uh-huh. keep you know, keep up with Prazaquantel as a drug. If we've got some prawn ladders in there, you yeah. know, these are additional things that together would help support it. And then try and kind of you know, get prawns in and then get the community involved in breeding them. Um would be great. So what is a prawn ladder? Yeah. So <laughs>
2: um, in five words, if you can, only, no, 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 no,
0: 120 <laughs> characters. <190, laughs> it needs to be as long.
1: <laughs> Okay. So, okay. Imagine there's a dam. It's quite yeah, like, yeah. Tricky, um, tricky to explain it. So there's kind of like, um, imagine a concrete kind of structure, like a road that so goes yeah. up slightly mm-hmm. and then it goes across and then it goes up a bit more. So it's kind of like a slope, but it kind of goes mm-hmm. out and then up a bit and then up. Mm-hmm a bit more so it's kind of like a not too steep that makes sense there's obviously water within that Mm -hmm. and there's kind of like little that wooden kind of barriers that are kind of within it so it kind of helps the prawns to kind of Mm -hmm. wriggle up and down yeah it's quite hard to explain it but Mm -hmm.
2: I'm sure. Is there, is there no, like, no technology out there that could be used to drive these from? What you want, like
0: a, you want you want these snails to have like VR headsets? So no, they can, no, no, like, but you know, kind going to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> you know I mean, I guess the best ladder way ladder machine, to wouldn't... put it,
1: without trying to explain kind of imagery, is that a fish ladder or a prawn ladder, because like you know they're for fish as well, provide a detour route for migrating prawns past a particular kind of obstruction, e.g. the dam. But again, like I said, there'd be something mm-hmm. to use to support other interventions, and then the ladder kind of contained right. a series of ascending pools within like the the mm-hmm. structure I explained. Yeah, right. <laughs> I hope that's a bit better.
0: See, so it's not as easy as you just explained it earlier. Mate, I just want to have a company where I can say I make prawn ladders, and then <laughs> people will think it's something to eat. Though, aren't they? but imagine going to a dinner party and they're like, "What do you do for a living?" And I'm like, "I make prawn ladders."
1: Should <laughs> <you> I <definitely laughs> make <them>? some <laughs> like, sushi?
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. or might sell it, you know, next year for, you uh, know, this year, Christmas, Iceland,
0: sell it sell to it them because
2: they it, like to do that.
0: It, it, it's a bit scary though to think that like, you know, if, if you go to like Uganda or if you go to like anywhere where um, schizosomiasis is like a big thing and you're yeah. eating, and you eat prawn and you think that mm-hmm. prawn could have saved like a dozen lives or so because yeah. it could have eaten like a water snail yeah. and I'm going to eat Could have saved thing. you as well. Actually. I'm all alive, mate. I'm still yeah. alive. Yeah, I'm still hating on Manchester United. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That, that's crazy so I mean we're we should probably start to to, to wrap up because we're getting to, to time but yeah so I guess two questions for me one what can we do so what can somebody living in the UK um, making fun of his friend do and then two what are you gonna like where does your research end? Where do you say that you want know, yeah, okay done, good what, questions
1: tricky ones what can we do? I suppose raising kind of awareness at this point um, if any scientist out there
2: yeah
1: <laughs> really would like to, do to Uganda Uganda be great there's also think about it there are like um, websites now such as kiva which kind of like offer loans to communities or people in developing countries so you can you know a citizen from other countries give people money on these websites to help them so they could be wanting to buy some more cows or a machine of some sort so if we could maybe encourage some sort of crowdfunding that way to support people to start maybe buying some prawns and looking after them that'd be great it's quite a tricky one I haven't really finished figuring that bit out but it would be through the local communities it would be a self-sustaining way to maintain prawn populations so fingers crossed that could happen um I suppose where what what am I doing what am I hoping obviously this hasn't stopped there's still a lot to look into water is really interesting to me so I think another project I'd like to do in the future is maybe look at water scarcity and cholera in Yemen um, again, we still have quite a lot of ways to make with schistosomiasis. Um, but my employer is a really good advocate of this with their own control initiative. So I started my project before working with my employer, but I now work through Imperial College. We have a schistosomiasis control initiative yeah. as well to getting some really good funding in. So if anyone is interested in the cause... Um, Obviously a registered charity. They can Google the SCI Imperial College and there's ways to donate and things like that to the college and their great work with it. Yeah, so they're working on it still. And the kind of primary goals for them um, are to identify kind of the most heavily infected regions, provide health education to those people in those regions, as we kind of explored earlier. And again, kind of treating people with Preza and monitoring the impact of the treatment programme. And then they're kind of hoping that more, you know, they're trying to look at the more effective control in selected countries. So they're kind of really looking at going to selected areas and then trying to help people be educated in the water aspects of it for now. And then hopefully with great support, um, further breakthroughs can be coming, um, upcoming. And yeah, again, just prawns would be a great idea, but it's going to be quite expensive to get them there and then kind of getting the community to be on board of understanding how they can kind of harvest them for their own needs. So, yeah, hopefully that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: As, yeah. as you say, it's quite an expensive thing, but it's if that's what's going to save the um, Yeah, you know,
1: exactly.
2: The problem, so it's one of those
1: things that would be really guess, expensive yeah, to start with, to... but mm-hmm. once you have them there, you know, they, they're animals, they breed, and then they can, you know, ones that are getting older can be sold on and then it would be self-sustaining so it's just trying to get the money to start with thank right. you hope that awesome. all makes sense yeah.
2: well thank you <laughs> yeah a lot of words that yeah. i've learned and i'm sure ali has also learned can,
0: can you say what the topic is again, um one more time? yeah Skip <laughs> notosis, yeah, yeah where the numbers come it from with where, where, where are you getting Yeah.
2: look the point is yeah. right what is the point the point is
0: this is what you get when you get a Man United fan. Hey? You don't get a you don't get a proper schizoaismiausis. <laughs> You're representing Man U right now. Just
1: saying. <laughs> no worries, thank, thank you, you for much. having me. appreciate
0: it. Yeah, thanks so much, Rihanna. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Check out our page at patreoncom slash minds. Reach out to us. Check out our episodes and, and stay in touch. Check it out.